This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. Welcome back, listeners. This is your hosts, Mark David Christensen. And Connie Shin. Um, before we get to this uh, week's episode with a wonderful guest, we want to talk about um, the most polarizing movie in a long time, which we both saw on opening night, essentially, because it, <laughs> it was the night before it came out. Yeah, it was very glamorous. I don't know what opening nights are anymore because there's always Thursday screenings We definitely now. saw it late. Yes, we saw it late. I think both of us were quite excited for this movie too yeah yeah i remember being like oh boy seeing a good movie on the opening night what a treat yeah like i'm i mean i'm i don't really build i didn't have any expectation for it other than i was excited i, <laughs> I don't know what it, what were those expectations uh well the director can we see the film well that's where okay yeah great so my yeah, we can see the movie. I don't know why I'm keeping it secret. Uh, it's, it's mother. It's mother. <laughs> mother. There's an exclamation point, point, which in the end doesn't make sense. It's what you'll yell when you see it. Yeah, exactly. But I had expectations because it was Darren Aronofsky. Yes. yes, I was excited to see him, um, but knew nothing about the movie beyond that. I was really excited because like I lo- I liked his other movies like Black Swan, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Jennifer Lawrence is in it, and um, Javier some really Bardem, Javier Bardem's in it. Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, which I was we haven't super seen for a while. Yeah. To see her, Ed Harris, but uh, kind of looks like a creepy skeleton these days. And what's so insane is we sat down to watch it, and the I remember even the previews before the movie came on. I was like, oh, even the previews look good. Oh shit! And then within three minutes, I was like. No way is this a terrible movie. No, don't judge it on yeah. the first three minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely, um, I think I wasn't that immediately off, turned off. I was kind of just keep giving it a try, like going, okay. Yeah but, you, yeah, yeah, but you had to think, give it a try. Yeah, I definitely had to be like, okay, we're going to, might be spoiling. If you want to skip ahead, go ahead. Uh, we might spoil just details. I don't think we'll spoil a huge amount of it. It's all on Wikipedia. Yeah, you can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it or read Wikipedia, we're going to spoil it for mm-hmm. you. But there was like, I think the biggest turning moment was like when she saw a heart in the house. Yeah, and, and that, that happens like, very quickly in the beginning. And it's not ooh. explained. And also what's also kind of strange is a ton of money went into this film. And the heart, the digital effect to ha- show like a heart beating within a house was in my opinion not very well done no it wasn't very well done it was just it was very basic it felt final fantasy-esque but not in a good way yeah i could see that but real quick i want to get out of the way some things that were like of value in this which is are two things maybe i would say that the camera work i really liked oh yeah definitely i did like the claustrophobic how it followed jennifer lawrence around the whole time i thought i thought that the way the use of camera and, and the building of the movie was good. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Like, I liked it. Um, as well as, I'll give it for everybody that was acting in this movie. You did a good job. Jennifer Lawrence acted so hard. Yeah. She did great. It's just I didn't care for anything that she had to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just comes from script. Oh, man. Um, which I'm just, and I'm 
You know, I read online that she acted so hard during her hyperventilation scene when she was pregnant that she actually broke a rib. Really? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm impressed and sometimes I'm not. Because but can I'm you like, imagine having broken a rib for this movie? Yeah, like that's the thing is that scene is... It doesn't feel like it was worth it, in my opinion. But that I mean, to me is on Darren. Like, why'd you push her to that that point? Well, they just for they that. did start dating when they started shooting this. Did they really? Mm-hmm. They were dating. I told you to check out the IMDb trivia. I didn't. I but they d- started when they started shooting this. So they're no longer together. No, 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 no. But they weren't dating prior to the filming. They they started oh. dating as they were shooting, and I could totally see him being like, "Trust me, babe. Trust me." Oh, and she's like, I'll go, I'll go the distance oh, with you. Oh, oh, um, one of my favorite <laughs> questions that Dave had afterwards, which was, I thought was so adorable, was he, um, he's like... What did that mean? Uh, yeah, because, um, after, there, there's a scene where, um, Jennifer Lawrence is badly burned, and, um, he, afterwards he went, I wonder if she knew she looked like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because she, she looked, like, I, like, you could tell that... <laughs> Oh, it's so because sweet. Because it did look very like, I couldn't tell if it was digital or... It was probably both. Yeah. And so I was like, do you think... Yeah, I was like very curious. Like, It's so sweet because you have so much faith in her that you're like, she. oh, she must just not know. That's why this is so bad. Sometimes I think there is like, like you can if you're willing to give over to <laughs> like, a, like a director or something such like this you might be blind to really what's going on around like, you like what you saw was so jarring that you're like oh this was a mistake she didn't know yeah <laughs> it's so <or> sweet <laughs> cause like that especially that like appearance of her being like it looks like her if burnt and stuff and she, all that she looked like um that burn victim from uh Beetlejuice in yeah. the waiting room <laughs> Yes, it's very like true. Comic, comically charred. Comically charred and still alive. Oh, and we get that it's an allegory for like Mother Earth and all this biblical shit. But like the dialogue was just so dumb. And like it was like I'm listening to this charred being be like, I've given you everything. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I think, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the part where I yelled out oh, loud, oh, come on. Was and, it really then? Because yeah. I remember that moment, but I couldn't it was remember so. What. It was so insane. Like, I, I was already frustrated with the film, and I was like, oh, come on. And then someone shushed me. The guy right next to you, which was hilarious. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was right near us and was really invested. Was still hanging on. They're like, God. God. God I, can't. I can't. It was so hard. And. I've come out of movies like Connie. Have you come out of a movie and be like, I don't know what the fuck I watched? Like, oh, where yes. I had a hard time. Yes, right? absolutely. Like, I'm going to use one movie as an example that deals with religion, mm-hmm. but I actually think the movie's of value, and I think the movie. The only reason I was like it didn't um, get it was just because of where I am in my life and everything mm-hmm. is a movie uh, by the Coen Brothers, a serious man. Mm. Like that was a movie where I'm like, I think I get some of this, mm-hmm. and it's a character going through, but I don't think I fully get it because I don't fully understand Judaism, and mm-hmm. I just don't know if I fully in my life it's hitting me right now. Mm-hmm. But I was never like, I'm absolutely confused. I was just like, I think some of this might be a little over my head or not hitting me. Yeah. It's not. They're going so specific. It's not hitting me. Yeah. Like sometimes like if a movie's bad, I'll be like, oh, maybe I need to see it again. Or maybe I didn't get it. Or, oh, I'll wait till we're in the car. But I could not hold it. I've never been shushed in a movie before. Mm -hmm. I'm actually usually the one that does the shushing. So this is saying quite a lot. But it does make me feel better because I'm looking at the facts for IMDb. This yeah, movie, it. when it premiered at Venice Film Festival, it uh, got a standing ovation and booze. 
That's wonderful. I hope there were like a stand. There were standing boos, standing and booing. That's so funny. <laughs> Just so you know, this is bad. But it's like it's like a movie like this. I keep trying to compare it to other movies because I think there are movies that like sort of suck. The only one fits. I could think of is Begotten. Yeah, we talked. We've talked about how we both seen Begotten, right? Mm-hmm. That's the the weird, yeah, one where the guy it starts with. Well, you don't know who the characters are at the beginning. It's the it's the stu- what one? It is the student film mm-hmm. thesis of the guy that directed Shadow of a Vampire. Yes, it wasn't. It was like, and it's clearly a student experimental film. Yes, and it's crazy as all hell. Every, yes. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. And you're willing to like watch anything once like us? Go ahead and do it. The mm-hmm. dog is barking. It's but it's be also cute. like one of those hardcore allegories. Yes. It's a, that one's a definite hardcore allegory, and you kind of get it, and it's experimental. Yeah. And you're like, I am watching that. Yeah, but Mother is so fucking oh, like it's not a, it's constantly. not a student film. It's not his first film. It's it. You didn't oh you didn't read the facts. No, you Dar- read Dar- more Darren facts. Aronofsky. He wrote this the first draft of this film in five days. It makes total sense, which is hilarious. Well, two, it's like five days. I hate a fact like that that's supposed to be impressive for some reason. No, it makes it's me like, laugh no. so hard. I the, Okay. I, have you ever written a feature before? Uh, in college, I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I wrote, in, in college, I did too. <laughs> and I wrote it. I wrote half of it over two days. And that is not something to brag about. <laughs> no, you should never brag about that. Like, there has to go drafts. You have to have like, people like give you feedback. Also... I'm not going to give him much credit because it's like all you did was like your allegory is so blatant that you might as well have just pulled the Bible out and been like, I just want to retell uh, a Genesis and I'm going to do it in this way in a house and do it's like you're you're not you're not like bringing a new story to the table and sticking an allegory in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or or like I would an, a really successful allegory to me would be like if you want to talk about Genesis, but you end up writing like a, a family drama, but you sort of have those elements mm-hmm. throughout. You know what I mean? And then afterwards, after I watched a really good movie, I go, oh, my God, did you realize like this is sort of speaking about these things? You're like, oh, that's yes. neat. Yes. And then you start to break it. But this one was like the whole time from like they might as well have been wearing you- togas and just being like, this is when Cain committed the murder. Yeah, well, Dan Aronofsky should have just come out and be like, like, had a little asterisk at the bottom and he didn't pop you up and going like, and like pointing at like a, ver- a Bible verse and going, yeah. this is it. Symbolism. Because that's what it just, it was like, I know what you're doing. Oh, um, you're not telling me a good story. How many times did he need to show Jennifer Lawrence's nipples? I don't know, but that beat up scene was insane. Oh God! The the fact that she agreed to that, they must have been dating. And he's oh, like, "Look, God. we're gonna beat you up. It's gonna be oh, extraordinary." And, um, one of the first facts on for IMDb for this movie, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, when she read the script, she didn't understand it, <laughs> and but she said it felt esoteric. But she uh, was only excited to do the film because she get to she got to have fun with her character. That's hey, I mean, she was good, but as a weird. <laughs> but then I, I feel like here's another thing is. I, I mentioned this before we started a little bit, how like I'm tired of like, who gives a fuck about biblical allegories anymore? Well, also he had nothing really new to say about it. Not at all. And I, it made me just go like, biblical allegories are very white. Like they're just like yeah. white privilege of like, look how the world's and where we've gotten. And yeah. it's like, it kind of eliminates, it makes it so such a broad spectrum that doesn't really talk about 
like the how actually our lives are a little more complex than the in a, mm-hmm. in a, yeah and a very base biblical story yeah. yeah and it also makes women look terrible that's what i was gonna say is like his so then you're blaming eve again yeah and you're, you're just gonna be another white guy that's like look at eve she ruined yeah. everything yeah because she, she was, was a drunk she was, she was drunk, drunk and sexual and she wanted that yeah. heart and she was a bitch <laughs> to jennifer lawrence be like you wouldn't understand you didn't have children yeah exactly <laughs> she was on horrible you. And then, like, there was poor Jennifer Lawrence, who was, like, in the weirdest abusive relationship with Javier Bardem. Like, there were so many times where I'm like, you guys aren't dis- going to discuss this first. Yeah, talk. Because <laughs> there's so many times where she's like, you let them, you're letting them stay. You're letting all of them stay. You invited them back. Why didn't you call the cops? Yeah. Why didn't you? It felt like it, there were so many times where I thought, like, someone was going to literally stop and be like, oh, this is the Truman Show. It was that level of lunacy. Yeah, it got it got out of hand. But yeah, I I don't know. I just think it was too. It it became so laughable because he just kept relentlessly yeah. hitting us with yeah, the I allegory. Mean, it's, well, okay, here's the thing. It's one with Begotten. It's definitely unclear. Like you just just give up. You don't, you don't know what's happening. But with this, like we we definitely laughed unintentionally several times. Yeah, and I would, that's I would not say Begotten at least made me just like have to sit there and watch and be like, I'm trying to piece you together. And, it, and it's visually interesting. And, and it was and, meant to be an experimental film. It definitely is. But like it's this is just like. It's so okay. Here's the thing. I was telling this before we start recording. It, it doesn't not. It does not matter if what you're talking about has a certain level of brevity to it, like mm-hmm. the Bible. If you do it in a clunky fashion that is weirdly hysterical and made Jennifer Lawrence a meme now on, yeah. online. There's a meme of her uh, holding a sign saying the sink is not yeah, braced. I, I saw it earlier tonight before you came over. It was oh. very, I, th- I found it very funny. Because it's from some weird like uh, contest that you can like have like a picnic with her in wine. <laughs> and threw that on it. It's very good. Is it on top of a sink? Oh, yeah. God. Can I read this quote real fast? That it, Please. I was, I was reading an article before you came over, because mm-hmm. I, I bookmarked earlier today, mm-hmm. just saying like from his own words, Darren Aronofsky. And this is where I'm like, I, I don't like a filmmaker should not be like, oh, but you're just not on. You have to be on board or not. You're not going to get. And oh, he says please. people are getting the more traditional muse in the creator marriage suddenly being invaded by all these outside forces and terror of that. That's like a good level to get it on. But then it really goes bonkers, the film. Unless you sort of have a sense of that we're talking about other stuff or you allow yourself to take a ride on that, you're going to get you're going to resist it and not have a good trip. And I'm like, "No. I don't think you're doing anything like that at all. I think you I think he didn't realize that he made like a fun mysterious movie with a little bit of mystique to it. It's mm-hmm. just out there like, "Yep, I'm talking about this." Yeah. I, I mean, and I think he's defending it just because I was like, you made you made a misturn. That's okay. Yeah, well, like we we are totally clear on the intention of the film. You failed though. Yeah, and I'm, I've never been. It's been a long time Ugh. since a director really made me this like it's so like the bad taste in my mouth after a movie because I've seen some bad movies that I'm like. I didn't care for Hunger Games, but I came out of it going whatever. Not but for, it'd be whatever, like if Scorsese. Did one of his student films? Yes, it's bonkers, and even then, like it's just his his student films are actually better than this. Uh, I would agree. It's so 
And oh, this is creepy. Um, I remember we talked about this where I said Jennifer Lawrence, she looks different in faraway shots compared to close up yes, shots. Yes, and in I the thought film. they went in and I immediately think they went in and digitized and softened her face. That's fucked up. I think they would make it some like she has to be like. None affected because she's Mother Earth. She's Mother Earth. But she looks like a different person. 100%, I agree. There's so many times. they took out all the lines of her natural face. Well, they made her face look less puffy. No offense, Jennifer Lawrence, but like they made her face look less. Um, but that's, I think she is sort of in that sense. Before everybody turned on Renee Zellweger, her and Renee Zellweger, <laughs> everyone did. We were all okay with her. And then one day we all woke up and were like, fuck Renee Zellweger for some oh, reason. Man. Let's admit, it was like an overnight, like, hatred. It was, yeah. But, like, I feel like they have similar faces. And that's why a lot of audiences like them, is because they come off. What you're trying to say is they do have, like, a puffiness to them. Because yeah. it feels a little less, like, like model-esque or what Hollywood is. It does it, look it youthful. Feels like, oh, that, like you're youthful and also you look more natural yes. and like, a, and real natural, like gr- what Hollywood is going to say is girl next door. Yes. But so they, he, there's any shot that's like kind of a far away shot where you see her whole body. She looks like a different person and it's jarring. And I wonder if she was offended or probably not. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he has some like hot winded explanation, being like, "Oh, she's supposed to represent every woman," or I I don't know. I don't like. know, but I didn't like it. I I mean, I feel like I'm just gonna hit a wall with this because it's so like people are like, "I'm into it," and then he was like, "I just think." I think it was a misstep. Mm-hmm. I think he is patting himself on his back for mm-hmm. like tr- trying to thinking that he really is talking about something that really is. And I think I might have said this the night we saw it. I was like, I don't, the way you're approaching this, like, Mother Earth biblical allegory thing about even, like, the way we teach Mother Earth is like, I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's, ne- I think we're in a time in this world that this isn't necessary, this, this kind of way of discussing it. Mm-mm. Because we're talking, we're openly talking about it. We're having people calling, like, constantly about our own government and talking about, like, mm-hmm. we need to talk about the environment. We need to talk about the environment. Yeah. So to now, to me, it's a back step for you to try to tell me that in an, in, in a very old, non-unique and new statement allegory. Also, was he trying to be anti-religion or for religion? It was really hard I, to say. I mean, I would say anti, but at the same time, it's also just not, you're not bringing anything new to the table. That's like, I loved silence because I'm not, a, I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't seen silence. I thought it was beautiful because that, that like tested the idea of like, to me, silence comes from a guy that's like, I'm very religious, but yeah. I also question it all the time. Yeah. And that's Scorsese. And if you really, and it made me realize watching that movie, like his work has always been about him going, like, oh, I'm religious, but I keep making these kind of films. It was yeah. almost like, wow, you're a guy that like believes in Christ, but you also make good fellows. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I think Silence was sort of him challenging that of like, can you denounce something but still have it in your heart? Like, yeah. Blah blah. I don't want to get into the, the analyzing that movie or talking about it, but that felt like a more because it was such a personal journey. Whereas like this is like. This, this feel- doesn't feel personal. It just feels like regurgitation of a college thesis. It feels like very every- college, which is, it's so, we mean that in the worst way possible. I mean that in the very worst way. Like pretentious, being like, did you guys know we're fucking up the earth? Yeah. But like, you didn't think about that. No, I didn't think. Oh. 
Like, no, thank you. I want to end. Did you up- know religion's bad? Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> you didn't bring anything new to the table other nope. than the actors and the way you shot it. Nope. And you did it in the most acid two days writing sprint way possible yeah and you've done better and i'm just like i'm sorry but i'm gonna compare you to your other work you've done better even noah did better and noah wasn't yeah. far from great yeah um i saw I that with my love, parents yeah <laughs> they're gonna be into it unless they're like oh no that's not how the bible was that's where i liked it i liked that movie because it was treating the bible sort of like science like fantasy yeah, yeah. And it, and it did have a nice element of uh, the environment, which the yeah. Bible didn't really have. No, but um, exactly. So, I mean, it didn't make you go like, "What the fuck is happening?" Except yes. for a few scenes. Yeah, there was a couple. I mean, I'd watch No again. I would don't want to watch Mother. Again. I would not want. I don't. <laughs> but I got it. We have to quickly talk about this so we can get to this oh, episode because okay. we have a yeah. wonderful guest. Yes, we're burning up the time on that, mm-hmm. but. We just were so passionate about this movie, but I think it's so telling and hilarious. Like we have to read this quote. Everybody's probably read it online if you've listened. The quote that Paramount, I believe, put out is mm. Paramount. The, who, who? Yes, yeah, Paramount. They produced it or released it. Their their little def- defense of this movie is oh, so I sent, funny. I sent you an article about this. Yes. Yeah, you sent it to me. I read about it. This is so funny. Quote them. This movie is very audacious and brave. You're talking about a director at the top of his game and an actress at the top of her game. They made a movie that was intended to be bold. Everyone wants original filmmaking and everyone celebrates Netflix when they tell a story no one else wants to tell. This is our version. We don't want all movies to be the same, to be safe. And it's okay if some people don't like it. That's a given. I'm sorry, but like this last statement one is just a given. Yes. Why did they bring in Netflix? I love that they bring it's so petty and it like um Beth who was just in here and who mm-hmm. I live with, she like well, after I told her the quote, she's like, We we just want to be like Netflix. Like oh. or like Netflix can do it. Like she just put on this funny voice that made me laugh <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like is them scared, like oh. and I'm like, No, like I'm f- every movie, you shouldn't one you shouldn't have to defend your movie by no. putting it out. I think you're making a statement of like we believe in it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I just think you got to stay quiet and be like, take the punches. Yeah, you're a fucking studio. That's, yeah, you that flopped every before. year. You flopped before, but but I find it very weird that they needed to make a statement about well, this one. Well, their their statement is basically like, hey, you make chances, you know. That's what movies. Isn't that every movie though? That's every movie. That's every movie. This one is no exception. Yeah, this, this, no this is the one time they took a chance. And this movie's not taking chances. Moonlight last year took a bigger chance than this. Yes, and but, it won out for it. Eventually. Eventually, yeah. Um, but blah blah. I don't know why I say blah blah because you know th- I mm-hmm. thought this was a great discussion. Mm-hmm. Sorry to burn up all the time uh, at the beginning of this. Um, if you were bored, I hope you skipped ahead <laughs> to the great um, time we had with our wonderful guest. Um, she's a great actor, very welcoming into our home for both of us. A beautiful home. Beautiful home. Um, let's get to this great episode with our guest, Allison King. Uh, we're here, your host, Mark David Christensen, and Connie Shen, with our wonderful guest, 
very hospitable guest, mm-hmm. I would say, in her lovely home, Allison King. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having us at your home uh, and introducing us to this movie, this morning we decided to watch it in the morning afternoon delight Mm. thank you so much yeah um real quick before we start talking about the movie just to for the listeners out there that possibly haven't seen the movie or they're returning to it can you give us um a quick synopsis or just like a rundown of what this movie is about. Yeah, so um, it's directed by Jill Soloway. It stars Katherine Hahn and I guess Jason Ra- J- Josh Radner. I don't know. Never watched his TV show. Me neither. It's <laughs> um, a J name. I know that. Radner. And it's about a married couple living in Los Angeles. And she takes in a stripper played by the beautiful Juno Temple. Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Oh, God, yep. I feel yep. like I'm going stupider by the moment. You're not and, stupider. And um, and hilarity ensues, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarity. Should I, should I continue that? No, should I, I think that's more? good. Okay. I think that lays down with the movie, right, okay. Connie? I think yeah. we, it's Josh Radner. Sorry, I was looking Josh at Rad- Thank you. Look, and Juno Temple. She's our yes. fact checker. That's right. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think that totally yeah. lays it down what it is. Um, and then... We'll get right to it. Why, Allison, did you want us to see this movie? Well, when you asked me to be on the podcast, I listened to some episodes and stuff, and I... And you hated it. <laughs> no, no. I think it's great that you have a co-host, I will say. I think Ooh, that was a good good addition. Thank you. Yeah. People don't want to hear me. They don't want to hear Connie. No, no. It's <sighs> nice to have differing opinions and views, and I think it would be... It's good to have more discussion. And um, anyway, point is... I thought I thought back of my life and the movies that I love, and the first one I thought of was *Romancing the Stone*. And then I realized everybody has seen. Ro- I Romancing. haven't seen that. Oh, well, you haven't? I no. have. So he's seen it, but you should see it. I I've think seen, I should. Yeah, yeah. Like I've stats. seen both *Romancing the Stone* and *Jewel of the Nile*. Yeah, love both of those movies. <laughs> we'll watch it. We'll watch it. Okay. And uh, I just this was one that's always stood out to me. It's a movie that I loved loved from the first moment I saw it and I love the story of how it was made and I thought it provided a lot to talk about um definitely and it's um Jill Soloway who I already said that but she's got a lot of stuff out right now and this is her first feature film which I think it sort of shows who she was before she I mean she clearly has a voice but she's grown into that voice quite a bit with Transparent and I Love Dick so well, yeah, she's gone be. through a lot of transition herself. So yeah, yeah. So that makes did sense. Did she write this too? She did. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's written and okay. directed. Okay. Because uh, I, I'm going to talk brief. Because I want to know. You said that the the story behind it. I don't think I know anything about. The only thing I know is I've recently listened to Jill Soloway on Awards Chatter. Mm-hmm. Great interview. If you haven't heard it, yeah, with her. Um, and she talked about her struggle because she couldn't get into writers' rooms because. She kept being uh, told that she was like difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, she was struggling trying to get back into writers' rooms after I think she did worked on like Six Feet Under and mm-hmm. some other shows, and then just made this out of sort of like desperation's not the right word, but it sort of is. It's like just going, well, no one's taking me. I'll do my own thing. Yeah, and it really like. Really rocketed her forward. Yeah, so she it, it goes back a little bit further. So as I understand it, she was um, couldn't get into rooms, and she 
and yeah, she was called difficult and she borrowed money from her agent and she went and made a short called Una Ora Por Favor, which you can find online if you just Google it, which is, it's great. It stars Michaela Watkins, who I also have a total girl crush on. Um, (laughs) And she took that to Sundance and she was there at Sundance as a director for the first time. And she went up, she talks about like going up to the, you know, director's, um, I guess it's like a the Sundance mixer. program. Yeah. Like a, yeah. she's there. She's like in the mixer with all these other directors and she's watching these other movies. And she was like, wait a minute, I could do something like that. And so she had Una Ora and she kind of came home and had this afternoon delight sort of in a, sh- in a drawer and she pulled it out and rewrote it. And she said, in a year, I'm going to be back at Sundance with a movie. And I guess, you know, some of her friends were like, that's cute. And then she did it. <laughs> She did it. She was at the following Sundance with this film. And I love this part too. Like right away, there were some bad reviews of it, but then she won the director's award for the entire festival with this film, which I think it's, which I think is just so telling of this industry. Like you can get bad reviews and then still win awards and Things it's always a slap and tickle in this industry. Like mm-hmm. it's always sure. a little bit bad and a little bit good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's people that have made careers out of like their stuff being known as hated, but but makes the money right as well. Right. You know? What's so interesting is that I can. Uh, um, this is. I think one of the first Jill Soloway pieces I've seen, like a Jill Soloway joint, if you will, mm-hmm. and um, I could tell right away. Like this, whoever did this knows what they're doing. Mm. But at the same time, I can also see why someone would not enjoy it because it's a it is a specific voice. It's a well executed voice. Yes. It, um, whoever does it clearly knows how to tell a story. But I think um, where Jill Soloway might lose or alienate some people is in terms of how relatable is this voice. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I enjoyed this film, but um, there are a couple of times where I found myself not being able to relate to the main character. Mm. And it's this it's the same thing that borderlines Lena Dunham with me, mm. where um, I don't feel like I couldn't connect with her like this um, suburban white mom who's ultimately her biggest challenge is that she's bored and she doesn't like where she is in life. And I'm, please don't take this personally. And, um, never, I know. I just, I feel so, I feel so bad, like talking like ill of people's favorite films, but it's, um, I just like, I I had trouble connecting with it because like, I like the Juno temple character, Juno temple plays this, uh, sex worker, who's very young and um there's a couple of times i wrote in my notes i was like okay so i thought maybe uh it was about going to be about uh her character the main character um played by what's what is her name uh catherine catherine Hahn. Ka- hans character coming out of the closet maybe because mm-hmm. there's a scene in the beginning where she gets a lap dance by juno temple and she's just like you could tell something changed or got woken up and the the woman is such a talented actress. So I'm like, okay, what's what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Like she definitely communicated it well, but then as the story went on, I'm like, okay, so that's not what's happening. And then I'm like, oh, maybe it's a pretty woman situation where she's gonna fix her, scrub her up. But it wasn't that either. And then and I was like, okay, okay, so there's definitely gonna be a scene where um, the main character learns how to strip. 
but that didn't happen either. And granted, Jill Soloway did have me on the edge of my seat because I did not know what where it was going. So I'm I I do feel gratitude in that like she didn't take a predictable route. But at the same time, I was I I found myself saying like to the main character make a choice like mm. i don't know what you want either like no wonder your husband's yelling at you right now so um and i think i don't know it's hard for me to like uh i don't know it's just uh, something about her wanting to dip a toe into the wild side because she was bored like part of me feels for that but another part of me is like either do it or don't mm. and i think it was her wishy-washiness that really just as a, as a woman who has female friends that nothing, I guess, angers me more when someone only like half dips. And I guess um, it, it, it rang to me as insincere because hmm. there's a part where she goes to see um, Juno Temple do her thing, like meet with a client. And um, you could tell it's going to be the make or break moment, like make or decide, like, am I curious on this sort of thing? And it turns out she does not want to do it. And yeah. that's great. But, and it's very human that she does this. Um, uh, this might be, uh, say more about me, but like when someone does something like it made, it's, it's, it's very understandable. Like it's why you could see her past judgment on this prostitute character. Yeah. You could see her totally past judgment. Like all of a sudden it's like, actually I don't want you watching my kids right now or my friend's kids. And it's, um, I understand why it happened, but it made me totally turn on her. On the Catherine Hahn character. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, now yeah, she you're went judging so her? so cold. Yeah. I was like, like, she went 180 on her yeah. after she'd been so like, uh, I mean, given that the character sort of had been keeping her a secret, so she was already sort of semi-cold with her outside of their relationship, yeah. but I agree, like, it, it was like such a turn. It was like, yeah. wow. Yeah, and then, do you know, like, she was a hundred, she was completely transparent with what she did. She says, I'm, I have sex for money. You've seen me, you know what I do. I don't feel bad. She was completely honest. And then, so I don't, I, there was, I think there was a really intense disconnect for the main character where she's like, oh, okay. But when she saw it, then she was like, she got, I think filled with disgust and shame or whatever. And the fantasy and element was gone. I think cause like seeing her actually have sex with this much older gross man, and um yeah it really made me uh disappointed with the main character and it made me it made it really hard for to feel for her after that Mm. because yeah can i um interject i i think it's so interesting because the way that i see this film is it's about the feminine divide Mm -hmm. we have the virgin and the whore the mother and the whore and i feel like the main character's perception like we all go to strip clubs or I, I don't know if you all go I've been I I pull dance I don't strip but I pull dance jumbos. yeah jumbos is great I love yeah, jumbos, jumbos super fun <laughs> and um I think you know we all go with this idea this fantasy of mm-hmm. what a stripper is and what they do and what they mean and who they are like we're sort of grossed out by it but we're sort of drawn to it at the same time and mm-hmm. I mean without getting too personal like it has led to some great sex between my husband and, and myself and I have I feel no shame around that I feel like that's completely normal red-blooded yeah. human thing um, but what I find interesting is 
once you move past that, once you see the darker, well, we all know that there's a dark side and we're all kind of scared of it. And I feel like we saw a piece of that today in that movie where she does go and she has sex for money mm-hmm. and where Juno Temple's character is totally fine with it. She's come to peace, peace with it. She's fine with being the whore mm-hmm. or the sex worker. Um, but us, it's, it's breaking down the fantasy and it's putting it right in your face. What it actually means to be a sex worker. A stripper is a sex worker. Uh, a, a, a so so you could call a prostitute same hooker all those words that we have that we're trying to move away from and use sex worker instead it's all the same and i think her the main character's sort of going cold is her dealing with her own um hang-ups around it that we all have i mean i don't know anyone who can talk about sex work and be like totally cool with it it's, it makes us all uncomfortable yeah it super does because <laughs> it's it's very it's very like on the fringes of society we like but evidently everybody's doing it because there are sex workers out there making great money yeah i think like at least this is kind of putting it in our face and making us look at what it means to be a mother and what it means to be the whore as far as like the archetypes go. Uh, I definitely did a good job of like showing like uh, the grass is greener till you get there. Yeah. Like on the, like on, like she had the main character had a, on the outside a wonderful life, but on, but once you get closer, she's bored out of her mind. It opens with her in a car wash, crawling into the backseat out of sheer boredom. Which was fun to watch. I'm not going to lie, and yeah, um, and she can't really connect to her other mom friends. Her husband and her are like uh, there's some distance there. Although I will say that kid, the kid playing Logan, fantastic. Yeah, he was adorable. adorable. Every yeah. single time he was on screen, I was like, "Great delivery, kid." Because yeah. <laughs> he's a, no, because he's like preschool age, and normally when there's little kids on screen, it's like, "Yes, mama." Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But like the the dad will be like, "Tell your mom you want um a different backpack," and he's like, "I did," and I'm like, "Oh, this kid's got character. Good for you." <laughs> yeah, he was good. Yeah, and um. But, and I, I get it, like, sh- I'm sure she felt trapped by obligation and a sense of duty, but I don't know. <sighs> Can I interject? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think what's so interesting about this is, like, it's what happens when you, you're, uh, you have everything you want. You have everything you want and need, then what? And there's always a um, reckoning with what it is that you want, okay? And so I see this as, like, a woman's search for meaning, And she goes to some strange lengths to do it. Mm -hmm. And she ends up sort of finding her meaning either in Judaism. She does the Shabbat. Sorry, I'm not Jewish. I don't really know. I don't know either. Is that what that was? The Friday night. Yeah, when she lights the candles at the Uh, end. Every Friday night you're supposed to light the candles. I think that's called Shabbat, pretty sure. And you you have like a song that you sing, which I think is just such a beautiful way to mark time. But anyway, so she goes, she finds it in her religion and she finds it in her family in the end. And she finds a new connection with her family. And it's about her feeling disconnected, like you said, from everything and everyone around her, even Mm -hmm. her own child, even her own husband, even her own self Mm -hmm. and going through this crazy journey to find a new connection with herself, her husband, her child, her religion. She Mm -hmm. gets down to like the basics, which I think is a beautiful story Mm -hmm. just in and of itself. Yeah, I think so. My initial thoughts off of it are sort of like 
a combination of both you two. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and I think a lot of it is sort of that I'm at a disservice that I'm seeing this being a fan uh, of Transparent. Yeah. Like, I think it has done me, because Connie, I know, has not seen any of Transparent. I don't have Amazon Prime. Mm. And I'm a huge fan of Transparent. I love it. I think it's brilliant. And I actually think that Jill... From watching this and in comparison, briefly, a brief comparison, I feel like Jill and the way she, the, the stories she's wanting to tell are really suited for that format. Like, Meaning TV. Yes, yeah. TV. Because I think she is, I, I wrote this down. I was like, I think Soloway is great at showing us confusion and transition for characters going through that, which is mm. just almost all life is Mm -hmm. and I didn't I don't know if I really like her having to try to close stuff off and resolve it because what her I think her point of view it's not even that she's bad at it I just think her point of view doesn't go it doesn't feel as authentic to me as like when I watch Transparent I'm like by the end I'm not like oh this is fully resolved it's just this one this one little journey with these this family they got past it Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Whereas Afternoon Delight, there's a lot of great stuff throughout the movie that I was like, ooh, this is a great transition. Her at questioning even her sexuality in that small moment with uh with when they she was like rubbing her feet and everything. Mm-hmm. And then her checking things like, dude, do I really want to go out and look at this dark darker side of this world? All of that I loved. It was like by the end, and this may be me just maybe this is just me being a cynical human, but like it didn't really, I was like, I wanted it almost to end like a transparent and go like, and kind of like not as perfectly sweet. And like, we came out at the end and everything's going to be fine. And more of like, this is just what we do. This is part of like the, our life, life is transition. Yeah. And I think that this to me is, I can just see the predecessor of what Jill has got. It eventually has, did. Yeah. And it's great, but I'm like, ooh, I'm just too privy of what already came after that I'm like, damn it, I can't remove it. That's so I feel at a disadvantage because I already because I know this other greater greater thing she made. So I'm trying to eliminate that and just watch what I'm watching, right? Which I should do to just watch it on its own. But because at the end, I do think that Shalom stuff. I said that wrong, right? Shabbat, Shabbat. Uh, Shalom. Uh, but. That's sweet too, but I think in Transparent, she takes that further and lets us in. Mm. That even from an outsider, I feel like after watching Transparent, like I might know know all the traditions, but I feel like I'm just watching them. Really, yeah. it's so around that. So it almost is like it's her beginning to be like, oh, this is. I'm just going to start talking openly about what I want to talk about, and this is the tra- This is the tra- the transition to her becoming. I think the director and writer she was meant yeah, to be. Yeah, you see the beginning. Which is the val- Which is very valuable. You have to yeah. have this to get to what she became. What yeah. she is right now. Um, but overall, I mean, I think I just kept coming in and out, like with the oh, I care, and then some moments I'd be like, ah, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think her writing of the the husband was a little weak for me. And it could, I don't. I couldn't tell if it was Jill's writing or that actor. And I because I don't only know him that from knowing. He's I on that. really expected him. Like when there's a part where he, where they, it seemed like they were going to get a divorce. I really thought he was going to be like, "Cool, I'm out." <laughs> like he he seemed very checked out. He seemed checked out, even at the part where they were doing the prayer at the end. 
Yeah. He see, that was what was bothersome to me, and I thought that was maybe a Jill touch, was that he, even when she was doing the prayer, he seemed so like, he had like a role. all right, my wife is like the kind of eyes of like, yeah, yeah this is what my wife does. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit here yeah. and play, go along. And I was like, you just told her moments ago that like you were like kind of apologizing for sort of being asleep and you still look asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my only like, and like that was the thing is like, I wanted there to be her to make a choice and that husband just seemed like so checked out that I didn't know what his that even though he's not what I'm like Catherine Hahn's character is who the story is about I didn't understand what his other than being like there to like kind of cause a riff for her I was like what is what's going on with this character mm-hmm. yeah like I don't need you to go through a journey but you sort of like why are you checked out I'm just like <laughs> it's true I think you have, you have a good point I think um yeah, I think I, I'm not sure what to say. I'm sort of just talking, but I think it's the the film is Catherine's, but it and it's important that she have a husband because that's who that's what she returns to at the end. She family and religion and the basics of you know you know human existence and happiness. But um, yeah, we don't really we know he's like sort of successful tech guy and he's like works a lot. He works really hard. He he says in the movie that I never picked up before until this my fifth time seeing it. But he says I have a lot of people depending on me and I like that. Mm-hmm. He likes feeling like he's important in that way that people depend on him for their livelihood and he's the boss and he's gone out in the world and he's created something for himself. And she has sort of fallen into the trap of, I guess I would call it the trap of motherhood. She, she kind of like has, has a child and now, now what, you know? Yeah. Um, but other than that, you're, you're right. I don't know why he got checked out in the first place. And maybe that's, maybe that's just the nature of marriage. That's what I think. Like, my husband and I have days where we're just not on the same page at all. And we're like roommates. And then other days where we're super connected. I weirdly feel like this film would have felt more satisfying in terms of ending if they didn't end together. Mm. Like if they had gotten separated, I would have been like, okay, now this makes more sense. Cause like the, the, the film ends with them getting back together and like sort of on an upbeat note, but I feel like it could have ended on an upbeat note with her, just headed out on her own mm. or just with the kid some sort of separation because i'm like i i i wasn't their their chemistry was strained already there's a part when they separate where she she's like leaving a voice message just being like i miss you and i'm like i don't see how you do like i don't your chemistry wasn't that strong before you both were kind of checked out well or even even if it's like you do have like a little more of like natural space between two characters and then they naturally like have to like like oh we do want to be back mm. it felt it felt like we walk i went through a very like a, mo- a a film that i was very like impressed with like keeping me on my toes presenting a really clear new point of view and at the end i felt like oh Yep, that happy ending we need that because it's a movie not mm. a tv show not another format <laughs> I don't know. That's my criticism of just that ending. Yeah. For the rest of the movie, I'm like, no, I like all these. There's kind of some 
stuff well, that well, I because they play a majority of the stuff like painfully real, like the part where she goes to see what happened with the Juno Temple character after she leaves, like checking up on her, but not getting out of the car and saying anything. Like mm-hmm. I, that to me, that felt very real. Like, and but to have the ending, it felt weirdly like safe considering the rest of the movie before. Yeah. So I I have this real one little small hang up. I hated that she never called him out for being asleep. It's the dumbest thing. For some reason, I can't get over the fact that the character he had like he had like this really quiet apology for being asleep and i was like man she you she could eat more man or yeah. like i needed that i wanted that character to acknowledge it and force him to to see it or you got to give her more than just this quiet apology but i get it and sometimes that's the time that's not the journey they're on but yeah. like or the movie itself is presenting but i don't know why that <laughs> yeah that's a good point i mean i think yeah um I think it would have been almost a, a longer movie if he had a bigger arc, if we knew more about him. I don't know. Um, I personally, I don't think I needed anything more from him. I felt like um, I felt like it was really her journey. And we've said this. We, I feel like it's really her journey. And I, I actually watching it again today got a little choked up when they were having sex their final sex scene and she says let's open your eyes and he opens his eyes and he says i see you i think that's so powerful when you've been disconnected or when you're you feel as a person disconnected from the world around you and you feel unseen and unheard i think that's um i was really moved by that i think i think her journey is one of being seen and heard and he gave it to her in the end. And that was the most important thing. And it just needed to be that small too. Yeah. It didn't have to be some grand thing. I think yeah. that is the good thing about Jill Soloway and her writing is that she's giving you the thing that like we talk about, but instead of doing the, the big Hollywood way where it'd be like a grand moment for all of that, or like, she's like, no, I'm just going to do it in these tight. It's literally going to be sex and it's going to be these tight shots. And that, and we're just going to show you this tight little moments yeah. of bliss. Because I, I guess I think, I think I, I think I really identify with this character too. So that's probably why I like it so much, but I identify with like feeling like, I mean, look around you. I, I live a very comfortable life. She's in a beautiful house. It's gorgeous. Which I used to live in like a studio apartment. And then suddenly I, I met this man who blew me away. I fell in love. We fell in love. We got married. We moved into this gorgeous house and I live a very comfortable life. And yet there's still things where I feel disconnect and where I don't feel like I um, am as authentic as I could be. And, and I have everything I want. I'm living my, my dream. I'm working in what I want to do. And yet there's still, there's always this struggle for meaning because we find meaning in the strangest things. Like whether we're we achieving in our career or achieving in money or achieving in success, or that's the American way. Right. But like, all of that's ultimately garbage if you're unhappy. I'm not saying I'm unhappy. I'm actually very happy. But I just think like I identify with her on on a lot of in a lot of ways. And I think sometimes it's just a matter of being seen and heard. I feel like I'm repeating myself. No, I, don't, I think you're saying something really good about and I think it's a strength for the movie itself. I think the movie actually is probably it's presenting a lot of those things in a more grounded, authentic way. So I think you are going to respond to it as to where you are 
in your life. Mm-hmm. More so right. as like a, a, a big traditional like movie that would go with this journey of like this. We'd probably have sw- like swooning music. It would it'd probably inform us all here to be like, this is what you're supposed to feel right now. Mm-hmm. This movie's right. doing none of that. No. It's just saying I'm going to present to you this what's going on in, in this woman's journey. So whether either Connie goes, oh, I don't, uh, I don't, I did, I don't get that. Like that I think is at least that's authentic. Cause I think in life we have people that we know very well that do actions that were like, I don't know why the hell they did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what it's hitting on. It's very good. And then there's, of course, Allison, you're going to, and you're player where you are in your life. You're like, I get that. That's what I see. And then like me, I'm like, I'm not, I'm a man. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. like, yeah, I definitely get like, um, uh, if you like, if I were in a different portion of my life, like I would probably feel for this more, but I think cause I'm not in a point where I feel a sort of weird guilt for not being happy. I, um, part of me it's hard for me not to feel resentful towards these types of characters like um if anything i probably feel a closer connection to the juno temple character or uh the character of the friend Mm -hmm. and um yeah i guess um the listlessness of being in a space of comfortable but not fulfilled Mm -hmm. is like it's i don't think it's a space everyone can uh Relate to. Relate to. But if you do, I think this movie would definitely hit a sweet spot for you. Right. Uh, While we were watching this, I was Googling fun facts. Well, uh, because there's so many people in this movie. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're in this, they're in this, they're in this. We have a friend in here. Keegan-Michael Keel's in there. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, Who did he play? He played briefly the, like, Juno's... The guy that worked oh, at the yeah, club, yeah, yeah, with the yeah. Filipino guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's Eugene, Eugene Cordero was in this. Yeah. Did great a great job, yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of comedy people in this, and I was like, holy shit, who isn't in this? And um, uh, I saw a trivia fact about this. Do you, this movie came out in 2013. What do you know? What famous director said this was one of his favorite films of 2013? No, I'm gonna guess Tarantino. Yes. Really? Because I, I, I here's why I guess. Let's just real quick. He's the most vocal director about what he loves. Like I feel like he comes out with a very a list every year, and it's the most talked about list. So that's, oh, that's why. So I guess interesting. That. I had no idea. I feel like uh, every other director is like, well, I don't care. <laughs> right. And I think Tarantino, him like Scorsese, they're constantly dig- They're still taking in what's being right. created. Yeah. Why do you think Tarantino loved this? That's a that's I don't know. I'm so curious, just based on his film work. Oh yeah, but also I guess. But I think a lot of great filmmakers don't seek stuff that they would make. True. The movie they they make the movies they want to see. Mm-hmm. So when they go watch, that's like it's exciting for them to see something that's not that's outside of your mm-hmm. your point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah, At least I think. Also, he I think he he's one of those people that watches everything. Mm-hmm. So this might yeah. be one of those. Like this was definitely well done. The acting was great. Um, I like the direction. I like how tight. It's a very tight movie mm-hmm. with the film, like with the camera work and everything. Yeah, I think this the DP might be this, a regular DP on Transparent. It's too. the same guy, Jim Frona. Yeah, he does all her stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just think in terms of audience, I think I might have been the wrong audience for the. the mm. that's, but that's going to happen. But I think that's what makes a great. That makes a great filmmakers stand out from the good ones. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to use the most 
dumb, blatant, like example of like a generic filmmaker that you can argue either way that like their stuff is bad or good. But in the end, it's like, eh, it's good because they just, they showed up and did the job. It's like a Brett Ratner. His moves are, movies are just like, yep, they serve and they, they serve, they do the What's, job. Name a typical Brett Ratner movie. Uh, After Dusk or After... What is it? And he did he one do? of the X-Men, the third oh. X-Men. He did that. I think he did the Tower Heist movie. <laughs> like, he's just a director for hire. So he knows how to do the job. He's not what we would call an auteur. And I think they're right. good directors. There's tons of them that are like, you know, they do the job. And, but in the end, like most of it, they get criticized a lot because that's all they do. They do the job. Mm-hmm. It's And they sort of are all over the place. There's no real voice. Right. So a lot of times it isn't authentic. It's just fluff. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a Jill Solway shows up to the table and is like, I'm only going to do my this. Mm-hmm. And I do think it makes it's going to cut people out. Mm-hmm. But it's also the people that can relate are going to hit way. It's going to connect in a deep way, a yeah. deeper way yeah. than anything else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will admire that she clearly does work that's very personal and meaningful yeah. to her. Like considering she went from this to Transparent to what's the one with Kevin? I Bay? love Dick. I love Dick. Yeah, the Catherine Hunt's the star of that. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, she's very open in that a lot of what a lot of her work comes from her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to see that transformation from like this, where she's like dipping a toe. To like more, more, more. And not, like, I believe now in her personal life, she identifies as non-binary. Yeah. And um, yeah, because she was married to a man and then just transformation, transformation. It's it's interesting to see that projection. I agree. Yeah. And I was I was very curious if if she was married when she made this or not, because I was like, how, if she's a very personal director, did that inform why they're together? Because at the time, was she still married? And I was like, I wonder if like if she now if she rewrote, you know, what I mean, looks yeah, back. Yeah, I, I like, don't I don't know the timeline. I of, don't either. Yeah. And I I I know it is an interesting it's interesting because I find her as a person so interesting and I totally have a girl crush on her, a talent <laughs> crush. And I've I've watched all of her speeches. She has a lot of great speeches online that you can Google. There's one at Film Independent that is totally worth watching. She talks about this whole process of this film. And um, I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, with her personal life, I think there's a part of me that wants to know more because I, you know that she's working from her personal life, but then there's a part of me that wants to be like, just let the work speak for itself and let her have her life. You know? Yes. I a hundred percent. I agree uh, with that. Only reason I think it's sort of pertinent more with Jill is that she's very vocal. She is very vocal. Offset that that is where she's pulling from. Like I'm the same way. Like I'm more, I, I mean, I tried to completely leave any personal things and go watch I'm a guy that has seen that saw Woody Allen movies <laughs> you know what I mean right. after all everything um, because I'm sorry like, I'm looking up the timeline for Jill Soloway oh, it's all good um, so yeah I get it you should it should always be that way but I think I just always will have it a little bit because Jill it's is very, so vocal about it and it's an interesting journey she's really put out for us I mean I think transparent has made the world a safer place for her parent, which is what she says the whole point was. Yeah. And I think that, I, I don't know. That's just amazing. I don't know. No, I, I agree. I mean, yeah. I'm a huge transparent Same. fan. I can't, I'm Same. so excited for the next season. Me too. I need to check this show out. It's wonderful. Is there a way to watch it without having Amazon? No, Prime? but talk to me. Okay. Wink. 
I'm weirdly very curious about that other show, I Love Dick. It's on my wish. I mean, watch I love list. Dick. Wish list. I will tell you, I watched I Love Dick in one day and I felt like it changed me on a cellular level. What? Yeah. I think there is something Jill Soloway talks a lot about, and she's been talking about this for years. You can look up articles where she said this, but talks about making women a subject rather than an object. Mm -hmm. If in your films you are making a male the lead character, then naturally the female is the object of the subject of mm -hmm. the main the main character. So she's flipped it on its head in I Love Dick in a way where as a woman, you'll laugh to yourself about the way Dick is treated mm -hmm. and the way he's talked about, like sometimes like a piece of meat mm -hmm. and like a vessel for something greater to come through, but also somehow dehumanized, but then rehumanized in the end. She keeps her feet on the ground with that. But I think there's something so incredible about that piece of work that is, I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's really a, profound piece of work i think yeah, it's on my watch list there's a lot and it's an all female right writer's room oh wow yeah like they they went out of there like they did great things yeah i am a kevin bacon fan oh he's lovely in it too the man has aged well yes he <laughs> has well yeah what's his Catherine Hahn does some great work and there's some other smaller characters that i don't know their names i follow them on instagram but um <laughs> they're just really wonderful actors all around mm -hmm. she picks yeah. good cast people she's a great casting she's great at casting yeah yeah she is i would agree so um, i don't i don't have any more really to say about afternoon delight it has mm -hmm. a funny name to me. Like, it seems like it's going to be a romp, and I don't think it is a romp. <laughs> but Afternoon Delight. But it makes sense by the end why yeah. it's that. But, yeah. But, I, like, the cover, I think, doesn't... It's one of those things, if you look at the cover, it uh, and you are going... If you were watching this movie just to use off the cover, you'd be like, oh, I thought I was getting a Porky's. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's so interesting. You can see where the marketing team kind of stepped in and took it took it away from Jill's hands. You can see mm. like the, the thumbnail is like, what is... There's like, like a glass legs, of wine and right? a pole with legs. It's very strange. Yeah, the, it does not it reflect does not, the film at all. Yeah. But, right. um, That's yeah. a pity. Yeah. It is a pity. Advertising but, can... Just make or break. Yeah. Yeah. It almost looks like a 13 going on 30 sort of feel because there's a yeah. lot of pink yeah. in it. And it has Jill Soloway at her kitchen holding a glass of red wine. And then there's a stripper pole on the counter. And she's looking at us like, oh, gosh. It's not Jill. It's actually Catherine. I mean, Catherine. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's Jill. Well, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically it's Jill. Jill. Yeah. Jill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whether you like it, Jill, we've made you that character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I. Yeah, let's rate it real fast. Um, would you rate it, Connie? We have a rating system now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Once, twice, or multiple. Mm. So is this is this enough? Would we watch it again, or will we definitely return to it multiple times? Um, I'm gonna say once for me. All right. I will give it a soft twice. Mm. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think when I say soft, it means I'm probably not gonna turn it on. But if it comes down again, I won't turn it away. I'll pr like I feel like it's a movie that would be nice at a different time in my life. Yeah, to watch again. Yeah, and I wouldn't, and I'd be open for that second viewing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's nice. how I feel about it. 
I'm a multiple, gotta say. I've seen it already like five <laughs> well, times. Figured, you and I would him. watch it again. I just enjoy it. And I enjoy the acting. I love Catherine Hahn. I like uh-huh. watching her work. So, so sometimes I, I'm a total actor nerd. I like to watch, rewatch I, I'm movies. a big fan of Juno Temple. Yeah, she's, and yeah, I keep forgetting to talk about her. She's so great in this. She was really, she's really good at playing vulnerable characters. Vulnerable in like a really easy yet strong way. Have like you, you seen her in Killer Joe? Oh, yeah. Oof. I love that movie. <laughs> haven't seen it. Oof. Can you believe it's based on a play? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, Tracy Lutz. And Gina Gershon was supposed to do it, but she's like, there's no fucking way I'm doing that chicken scene multiple times a night. Yeah. Oof. I got to see this movie. Yeah, the chicken scene. It. Oof. I'm not familiar now, was, with Juno Temple. Was much. Michael Shannon in that? I think I don't. So. I think oh, so. Oh, no, it was. Um, it's Matthew I'm McConaughey. Sorry, it was Matthew right? McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Those are so not the same. But. And the guy from Sideways. Right. Oh, okay. Thomas Hayden Thomas Church. Hayden Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to get your names mixed up. Tom, me and Thomas Hayden Church? Yeah. You'd go and mm-hmm. hang out with Thomas Hayden Church and always call Mark him Dave, Mark David. I think because you both have three names. Mark David Christensen and Thomas Hayden Church. You know, serial okay, killers have, serial killers usually have three names. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. And mine is Mark, da- Mark David Chapman yeah. and mine's Mark David Christensen. <laughs> yeah, I get it a lot. One day I'm going to kill a pop star that everybody loves. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Um... Yeah, I I love Catherine Hunt. She literally, I think uh, she's on my short list of like if of wanting to one day have a. She's with. like a wonderfully Absolutely. underrated actor. I agree. Oh, she's I very agree. much so. I would agree a hundred percent. There's this. I gotta say this one story really quick. So yes, there's this one uh, on Transparent. Um, she works with um, uh, Jay Duplass a lot, and he's doing this like, um, you know, when they do the movie and they have the talking over it. DVD commentary. Thank you. The commentary. <laughs> um, and he talks about, he's like, Oh, I love this scene. And he like does, he like touches her in some way and you see her blush like from her chest up to her face. And he says, she doesn't just act her, her whole body responds. And I just think it's true. I watch her now and I'm just looking for a blush all the time. Cause it's true. Her, I noticed her it body in the end is, scene. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In that yeah, sex scene. Her whole body is in the scene. It's really beautiful work of hers. Yeah. she's re- That's the ideal right there. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. Wow. Great. Um, f- how we wrap up with every guest is oh. we have a question for you. Oh. has nothing to do with the movie. It's our podcast is about how we will watch anything once. But we want to know, Allison, is there a movie? And and you could go specific um, or broad as you want, whether mm-hmm. it be, oh, this genre or like this actor, uh, whatever detail could be mm-hmm. like nothing with this blue shade. I don't know. It could be but, a specific movie. Yeah, it could be a specific. But is there a mo- Is there something that you go out of the way to avoid and miss that you won't watch? That you're like, no, thank you. Yeah. Fifty Shades. <laughs> <laughs> The most oh man! You didn't, have, you didn't have to think about it. Yeah. My husband is like, "Don't get her started." There's just something. I have not read the book. I have not seen Go, the movie. Here, voice it. I I just find it, um, um, like between you and me and um, all million of your listeners, I think that the the writer may have been abused as a child. Mm. I think there's something deeply. Um, disturbing about that movie. I'm getting upset thinking about it. it. There is just something about sexuality that can 
either set you free, which I think this movie is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Afternoon Delight is trying to do. And then there's sexuality that is um, that hurts people. And I think that I feel like that movie is working in a way that's unconscious and coming from a place of pain. It's Ooh. definitely someone I, from I haven't read the book or I think I might have watched part of the movie. It was it's strangely boring, but um it's definitely written by someone who does not understand what S&M is. Right. S&M is consensual. Exactly. S&M is wanted by both parties, not just one person and another person dealing with it. That's yeah. just abuse. Yes. People mm-hmm. who get like spanked and beaten for sex and like are into S&M will go out of their way to seek that. They have mm-hmm. safety words. Yep. There's a contract. There's da 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 da. And once you go out of that contract, the relationship is over. Yeah. And I feel like I I, I don't want inter- to interrupt you because you're making such a great point. It's just that like I'm like yeah I felt that way like because she in the movie she's like why would you want to hit me da, 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 da. I'm like oh sweetie Google um, S and yeah. if you're not into this you're not into this and that's that. Yeah. yeah. And and there's something too about that old fucking narrative of like, I'm just a sweet little girl from out of town and you're a big beefy man who's got all the power. It just makes me want to fucking vomit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it is not new. It's not interesting and it's not hot. Nope. And I think there's a lot of people who, I don't know, who, who want to explore like these other kinds of sexuality in mm-hmm. a, in a private way that they can do with a book or a movie, but that was not the way to do it. I feel, felt like it was just exploitative. Mm-hmm. I see that. And it feel it's another like thing that just gives fuel to, as you said, like it's old thinking. Yeah. It's, uh, uh the, the world is moving forward and that gives people like, no, this is where like you want it. It's, it goes it, to me. It gives that shitty point of view of like a man, like I'm in power. This is what you want. Yeah. You know, I mean? you know it, you want it. You know you want it. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It, yeah. It's way more. It's much more. Yeah. And also, two it, people it, explore together, not. Exactly. There's not a, there's the, you know, we already touched on it, but there's not a yeah. separation of that. The yeah. sex is supposed to be really considered really kinky and stuff, but I found it to be very vanilla. Mm. I heard that from multiple people. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's because real S&M, if you put it on film, it is scary it comes off as very scary it does not look cute it does not look like something you would you know put a dove ad on right like yeah go just go open a catalog of the stock room which is like yeah you like it's like oh some of that stuff you're like I no way am I I'm not into that. Yeah. I don't want something up my pee hole. Yeah. Thank you. Nope. 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 <laughs> like that's a hard no. Yeah, there's never gonna be a part where uh Anastasia puts on a leather mask. There's yeah. never gonna be a part where right. you see someone eating out of a dog dish. There's never gonna be any of that because I'm like, oh, that's gonna break the fantasy for I think a majority of the population. Right, yeah. right. But that's the real stuff. Yeah. Like and I don't I like I don't want to get political, but here we go. Um, I think there's something about that too, about having this um, this power relationship that is not equal, mm-hmm. that is the same as our past election. I think there was a lot of mommy daddy issues being played out on a national scale, and I think a lot of people, particularly white women, was were felt safer with daddy in charge, even though he's a bad dad, mm-hmm. than with mommy in charge, even though she's a bad mommy. Mm-hmm. Like, there neither character was portrayed well mm-hmm. in our national media, 
but still we chose the father. Yeah. The father figure. Yeah. When, you, when you see women who are like in interviews talk about why they voted for Trump, it sounds like they're talking about their abusive dad and why they let him move in. Yeah. Oof. Like he's like, he, I don't agree with everything he says. That's just how he is though. Right. We can totally accept a bad father, but we can't accept a bad mother. Yeah. Like mother has to be perfect. Dad. I mean, he's your dad. Right. What are you going to do? Dads will be dads. Yeah. yeah. I, it's don't, I don't like Anyway, sorry. That. I didn't want to. No, I think it's a great derail, conversation. I, it, it's, it's, it's another highlight of this conversation. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I think that's and it was the most specific answer we've ever received, and oh. I, that's a, that's in itself wonderful. I'm literally sweating and my heart is pounding because that's how strongly I feel about that terrible movie that was unleashed on this poor public. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and then there's a movie that I think is actually of quality in that sense. I don't want to get too much of it. Did you ever see Secretary? I was just gonna say Secretary. Yeah, that's the the, so the counter well one where the mil, the. The masses won't see it because yeah. it's actually going to touch on the, that. Uh, like, it's not going to go as far as like the stockroom catalog, but yeah. it showed it actually two parties. In a sense, you had two characters that were in need of different things, and yeah. they were able to give it to each other through this. like S and M and different means of and sexuality. They were always both in control. Yes, mm-hmm. and like it, you were never her, scared for anyone. And for her, it was really a, a journey of like of her. Um, I want to say blooming mm-hmm. by the end of yes. the movie. She's laying on a bed. I'm getting chills. Like, do you see these? I'm like, she's laying on a bed. She's in a bowl of milk. Like she is coming into her own powerfully and sexually. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Whereas Anastasia, what, what is up? Anyway, we don't have to, it's yeah, just, I get it. it's Let's black and white. So beautiful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I love, that's one of my favorite movies. Actually. I love that movie. Right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Allison, for, um, having us in your beautiful home, introducing us to a new film. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. I had a great time. Great time. I would love to do it again. Anytime. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. If you want more from Allison King, you can follow her on Twitter at Allison King. That is A-L-L-I-S-O-N-K-I-N-G. And Instagram at Allison G. King. That's her name with a G in the middle. Also, you can see her in Baby Driver, which just hit iTunes. So check that out. She um, gives a wonderful performance as a postal worker who um, gets put in the middle of harm's way. As well is that she is featured in Thank You for Your Service, which is premiering on October 27th. So you can check out movie theaters and see her in that movie as well. And much more. Check her out on IMDb. She's definitely working. She was in Midnight Special. She's very good at what she does. I and didn't that's know acting. She was in Midnight Special. Yeah, that's amazing. She was. I need yeah. to see that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was great. Okay, and if you liked what you heard, and if you have ideas for what we should watch next, or if you have questions, you could tweet at us at IWWAO on Twitter, <laughs> or um, email us at I will watch anything once at gmail.com. Yeah, and you can hit us up on Instagram as well, Snapchat, any of that will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, and then please go on to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. That will bring more listeners to the podcast. As well as you can help out all the podcasts here on Boardwalk Audio by clicking on that button in the top right corner of the website that says support our artists. That will direct you to Amazon.com and we'll get a small kickback kickback from any purchase you make it costs you nothing so thank you again for listening and remember if you haven't seen it once you can't Can't complain. complain um it's okay uh, uh Hi. <laughs> Hi, Beth. Hey. We can stop and well, edit this. We were trying so hard to decide. Should we acknowledge? We'll acknowledge. Beth has walked in and grabbed the dog. Oh, my God. Her dog, the cute dog. Who just got a haircut. Yeah, she's precious. She looks even tinier. Do a podcast about that. There should be a whole podcast. Carry on. All right. What were you saying about oh, mother and how disgusted oh, yeah. we are with it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, did... <laughs> audio podcast for more information and shows visit boardwalkaudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now